Oh. Okay, today's daf is daf chafav. Let's begin at the beginning. So chafav begins as follows. Lo yoshev adam asaf sal shesef Torah natun alav. Chafches. 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 What did I say? Chafav. It's okay. Okay. It's chafchet. Don't worry, I'm reading chafchet. Lo yoshev adam al gabay saf sal shesef Torah natun alav. You should not sit on a on a saf sal on a bench in which a sefer Torah is resting there. Ma'asem rebeliez. We see instant rebeliez. Sha yoshev al gabay saf sal sitting on a bench a sefer Torah natun alav. And he discovered, and he's sitting on a bench, there was a separate Torah, and he discovered that happened. If you hear Tiyam Ilfanav, and he recoiled, if you like, from it, as if it was like a venomous snake there. Um, and so that was his reaction to it. However, if, however, it was resting on top of something else on the bench, then that's Mutar. So here the question is, how much of a space do you need? How much higher does it have to be than the surface of the bench? Rab Abba B'Shem Rab Chune says it's a tefah. That's a bit tough. Raviri b'shem Reb Zeira says, "Afilu kol shuhu, even if it's a, even if it's just a smaller amount, even if it's just a small book, it doesn't have to be a tefach, like some sort of. It has to just be raised from the surface." But let's continue. Diaske shi sfarim. So different girsa here is actually a disky. Sorry, disakia. Here, that's this refers to a like a satchel that they put across a not not a saddle, but say over a chamor. Um, and it says, if it's full of sparring, or they have the bones of a net inside it, he can let it hang over the back of the chamor and then ride on the chamor. Two important points. One is he's not allowed to ride on top of them. That's the point. It's not covered to ride on top of it. Rather, it has to hang off the, hang, hang off the back. But even though it's hanging off the back, that's still not considered a slide on the cupboard of either the bones or the sparring. Okay, let's continue. Tefillin, when it comes to tefillin, one can hang them over the front of the bed. But one cannot hang them over the back of the bed. However, Rabbi Shmuel used to hang it up, these tefillin, by the front of the bed. Um, which is uh, provided that you do not do so as if it was, Rav Chaim explains, like a basket. Meaning, So what's the issue? If you're hanging off the edge of the bed, you cannot hang your tefillin, literally hang them on it. Not, we're not talking about in the bag. You cannot hang them in a fashion where the, the box, if you like, is hanging down, and it's like a basket. So the handles where the straps are, are, are being uh, strung across the bed. That you wouldn't be able to do. That's not covered. But the other way around, it says it, it seems to be it would be okay. Which is interesting because um, uh, this could lead us on a bit of a sidetrack, but the, the Haredim says actually in the Bavli, it says that hanging up tefillin seems to be a problem anyway. So it, it's in any fashion. So the understanding there, he actually hung it in a bag. Like we have tefillin bags, you hang it off the bed. That's where the Haredim explains this case. Who case with bread? Okay, so Tani, Rav Chalafta Ben Sha'ul says, Ha'otesh, if someone, let's say, sneezes, we'll talk about what this means in a minute. The tefillato uh, while he's wearing tefillin, that's a siman ral. It's a bad siman. So now we explain what does it mean sneezing. It's a it's a polite way of saying passing wind. Now wind can come out literally when one sneezes, or hadaratamar that means milamata, literally passing wind. The issue there is if you're wearing tefillin and someone passes wind, then that would be that's a siman ral. About milamal, if someone actually sneezes, lo, it's not a siman ral. So atadamar atadamar at Rebbe, I saw Rebbe that he was mefahek, he would yawn or me'atesh and he would sneeze, 
However, but he would cover his mouth not to, as a, not to be disrespectful. However, then it says, um, again, so However, he wouldn't spit in shul. He wouldn't spit during davening. Rabbi Yochanan says, even if you can rokek, that's only kedeshia kosonaki. Kosonaki means literally koso is a cavity or a cup, but it means that the mouth is clean. So the heter, if you like to spit, is only if one is mouth is all gunked up and cannot uh, cannot dub. However, if he does so, it says lefanav asur. If he does so in front of him, in front of a kadosh, like you imagine you're dubbing in front of Hashem, spitting forwards, that would be a problem. That would be asur. Le'acharav, if he spits backwards behind him, that would be okay. Limino, to his right, or we'll explain what the right is in a minute, asur, lismolo, to the left, is mutar. Hadadichti, if that's what it means, as it says, and it says, so to your side, what is the thousand fell, but to the right side, 10,000, they cannot reach you. So we learn from the pasuk that the right side seems to be more important. So, which is kind of different, difficult, because sometimes we say yamin and small doesn't necessarily refer to the yamin of the person. For example, in Shmanas, sometimes can mean the yamin and small of a Kadosh Baruch. However, the rush may, I have to read the rush inside because he explains it very interestingly. He says, It sounds like you can, the speeding you're allowed to do is to the left of the person. Mitam, because that's yamino of a Kadosh Baruch. One second. And why is that? That's called mu'atim ha-mezikim l'sham. Because to the right of Kodesh Baruch Hu, there are less mezikim. So therefore, if you like, hilkach is rockly smolosh That's why spinning to your own left is a safer direction to do so than to the small of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, there seems to be more mezikim. So you can, it ends up coming back to us that it it's appreciates yamin and small of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, but still literally means yamin and small halachically, or the conclusion is of the individual himself. So spitting to your right is a problem, to your left is, is okay. Interesting way of sort of working this uh, so good through. Okay. We have to understand what that is. Everyone agrees that someone spits to Istilin, it seems to be it's Asur. Now what's Istilin? Um, the Haredim changes the Gerasi. He says it's actually it's Muta. Meaning if you're spitting into your Talit, then it's okay. But again, um, in the introduction to Reb Chaim's um, parish, uh, that he didn't write his Talmudim wrote it, but he said when he gave the, the part of the parish is to try and explain it as much as possible without changing the girsa, meaning minimizing the girsa changes. So he explains what it means is uh, mutar. He explains, I think, like the Russia, Russia that is. He explains that um, it's a language of uh, our written side. Behind the onso. We're talking about if someone's speeding not because he has to. Uh, the, that, that's when it's Asur. So what's Itzlin? In other words, he changes the, wor- the wording here as an expression is, when is it Asur to do so? If one is doing so because he could have comfortably or he just wants to spit or whatever the reason is. That's when it's Asur. But that, that's when we say that's not allowed. So in other words, that's still Mekan Negirsa that makes it Asur. Okay. Someone who spits in shul, some will explain here, it means that when he doesn't have to, but it's as if spitting the bat eno means like the, the hole in the eye, in other words, it's incredible uh, dis, disrespect to do so. 
Rabbi Yona Rakak Vashai, if Rabbi Yona Mishun Kava Beit Knesset, when he had to spit, he would do so and then move it, cover it over with his foot. Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Shmuel, Bar Chalaf, the B'Shem, Rabbi Ada, Bar Abar. Was he the first Chabadnik? Um, oh, no, it, 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 not necessarily, because I understand Chabad do uh, is part of Aleinu, it's part of the Tefillah, Hebel Barik. I, I think the understanding here is because he had Kedeshiyeh Kosor Naki, meaning he had, yeah. had to clear his throat. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't know, I'm not going to. Let's just focus on your shaman. Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Shmuel, Barachat, Shem, Rabbi says, Mahamit Palel, if someone's davening, Al Yarok, Ad Shielech Arba Amot. He shouldn't spit unless he... Um, he, he walks Dalet Amos after davening. The explanation I think brought here is because his, his lips are still moving or, or connected to davening, it's not right to spit immediately after. Uh, fine. So Amrav Ari Yosebar Avun Vechen Harokek, someone who spits as well, he shouldn't go immediately into davening. He should also move, if you like, literally move Dalet Amos from where he was. So Tani, it says, Hamit Palel al yitel daladamos. As well, if someone has just finished davening, you shouldn't pass urine there until he moves daladamos. Vechen amatil mayim, similarly as well, someone who passes urine, then what happens is al yitel al yitel al you shouldn't daven until he moves a daladamos. So Amar Avi Yaakov bar Aches says, Los of the vaad shelech daladamos, ela afilu kedei hiluch daladamos. He says, when it comes to the spitting and the like, urine will talk about distance from urine uh, towards the later part of the daf. But um, when it comes to uh, spitting, he says, you don't actually have to walk Dalet Amos. It's not an issue of the Makom being a place that had spit on it, but rather it has to be, you have to, it's an issue of time. So Amar of Ami says, and if you think, this is trying to bring a raya, that the issue is maybe that Makom becomes a Makom that's not, not appropriate to Davenin. But one second, you might be moving to another place. Maybe the place that you just walked to, maybe someone else is back there. So once again, he's trying to make a proof that it's not an inyan of the makom being sullied, if you like, by the fact he's back there. And it's appropriate, rather, it's a matter of timing in terms of concentration and focus. You can't go from one straight into the other. Okay, Rav Bishem Rav says as follows. Now here we're going to need a diagrams. Let's have a look. Let's do a screen share. And um, let's do it this way. You can see all that? Yeah, good, you can see all that. Now, let's, let's have a look at follow. Uh, one second, where is it? That's not it. Okay, it's upside down, but we'll start with this one. Okay. I got the two diagrams wrong around. Now let's have a look. So uh, now the question is, if there's feces on the floor or maybe red lamb on the floor, the question, how decomposed or dried up does it have to be such that it's not a problem anymore? So we start with the Rebbe Abba. Rebbe Abba says, when it comes to tzoa as a, a, a here, it can, only once it's only if there's uh, feces there, if it's tiavesh ke'etzim, if it's hard like a rock, that's when it is, oh, that's when it is um, okay. However, mayim calls manchim matbichim. Anytime that it's wet, you put your hand there and you wet, wet your fingers, that's when it's a problem. So again, Rab, if you look at the, we're going to comp compare with these diagrams in a moment, the different shitot. But tiyavesh ke'etzem, that seems to be Rabbi Acha. However, as long as, when's the point you can daven in meraglain, that's when it's no longer wet. Geniva says mayim calls manchim matbichim. So Geniva is more machmir, further down this chart. That even if it's not your hands won't get wet, 
If you can make out the shape of it on the floor, you can still see the mark, that's still a problem. Only when you can no longer see it anymore, that's when you can dub in, in a place where there was urine on the floor. Well, who says that? Who says that? Geneva. But in my, in my uh, it says, Shmuel Omar Achi Karmu Ponel. You've skipped a few lines. One line, like a few words back. Okay. I skipped a line. So I'll, go, I'll read it. You can follow along. Oh, actually, the Yavash Geetzen Mayim, Kozman Shemat Pichin. Ah, sorry, Geneva, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Excellent. Geneva says, Mayim, Kozman Shemini Kar. Then Shmuel says, Adji Karmu Paneha. So if you've got a chart here, that's a point earlier than Rababa. Adji Karmu Paneha means it doesn't have to be Yavash Geetzen. It just has to start crusting over. And Shmuel Barva, Beshem Rabbi Yochanan, also says, Adji Karmu Paneha. Okay. So Rabbi Yirmiya Rebzira B'Shem Rab says Hatsoa. So we've got the most Mahmir Shita here. It says Afilu Asiu Ke'etzim. Even if it's like a bone, it'd still be Asur as long as it's there still in front of you. So we've got the progression of three different Shitot by Tsoa, and you've got two different Shitot by Meraglai. Now the next two lines seem to be, which according to Grad takes it out, because it's a repetition of what we said two lines immediately above. The Shmuel says Adshi Karmel Panea, and Shmuel Baba says B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan also Adshi Karmel Panea. But here we go. Amar Rav Chizkiah. So Rav Chizkiah says as follows. Now I'm going to show you the way Rav Chaim explains it. And we're going to go like Rav Chaim for, let's say, 90% of what we're going to be doing here. Or probably more accurately, 66%. But you'll see what I mean. Rav Chizkiah says a question. Rav Abba is machmir b'mayin yoter b'natsor. So I've put the shit up side by side. Let's just focus on Rav Chizkiah, which is on the right-hand side of the picture at the moment. We've got Meir Aglaim on here and so on here. The assumption at this stage, according to Rav Chaim, is that Chizkiah thinks that matpichim, when it still gets your hands wet, that's exactly the same as bad as if it's for, as if it's tivashke etzem. Okay, that's assumption. Therefore, when when Rav Abba says it, it can't even make your hands wet by meiraglayim, he's being machmir. As you can see here on the you know this this chart of severity I've got going on here. That it seems to be meraglaim lo matpichim seems to be lower if you like than tiyaveshka etzer. Clear? Now that he understands if it's, if it's moist on the ground, it's like it's it's, it's as bad as if it's uh, we've got dung that's um, dried out. So therefore, the fact that he says that even that, but when if it's dried out keetzer, it's okay, but so but not for meraglaim it's matpichim. You have to wait till it's not matpichim. That must mean that it seems to be the chizki is more machmir by meraglaim. Okay, I've sort of highlighted those, those three points because that's the critical points there. Somewhere Rav Mana, now Rav Mana, according to Rav Chaim, says he had a different assumption, therefore doesn't understand Rav Chizkiah's position. He understands that matpichin is, is actually worse. If it's moist, it's actually worse than k'tiyaveshka etzem. So therefore, lo matpichin seems to be like k'tiyaveshka etzem. So he doesn't understand, what do you mean? In other words, you can see how here, that's lower down than this. But according to Rav Mana's assumptions, they're on the same level. So he says, I don't understand. What do you mean Rav, Man, Rav Abba is more machmir b'meiriglain than, than, um, than, than Tzoa? Maybe you mean minhada de Geneva. Maybe you're trying to draw a conclusion from Geneva. Now, there's so many different explanations in what he does here. To be honest, I didn't fully understand Rav Chaim. Meaning, Rav Chaim, see, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not even trying to, to, to say exactly what he says here. But it sounds like, according to other Mafarashim, he says, um, maybe, maybe you're focusing on maybe Geneva's fact that Geneva's more machmir because they seem to appear to agree by Tzoa. Maybe your issue's not with Rababa. I think that's the way the Penny Moshe explains it. 
Maybe your issue is with Geniva, because if he agrees with Rabbi Abba, then on this chart of assumption, you can see he's much more machmirid, but he doesn't even want Rishomanikar, whereas Tiyavesh Ke'etzem, he agrees that that's sufficient for Tzorah. That's, that's, I think, the simplest way we can understand this Gemara. Okay, so, so then what is, what is um, what's the response? Says, Amalei Chizki, no, you misunderstood. Afilu Atsuya, why do I understand like, like this? Why do I understand that Tiyavesh Ke'etzem is more machmir? Is, is, is more garua than meraglaim that's no that's that's not no matbichim. That's because he says, or, or matbichim, he says, says afilu asuyake is etzem should be asura mitnei shemama shokayam. Because if you have a look at soa, even if it's dry, you physically can still see it there. But yet, Rav Abba says, if it's dried out like an etzem, you can daven in front of it. However, by main, once it's absorbed in the ground, as long as it doesn't uh, wet your hands, it's no longer there anymore. So even if it's wet, why does, in other words, it, should, you should, it seems to be the fact that he requires it to be no longer moist seems to be much more of a chumrah by Meraglayim. Again, the way Rebchizki understands it, once urine hits the ground, it's getting absorbed in the water, it's not mamashon nikar anymore. It should be more reason to be lenient. However, Rav Abba is much more machmir, as you can see on this chart, by Tzoa, because, sorry, by, by machmir, by Mayim, because by Tzoa, it's there. It's physically in front of you, and as long as it's dry, it's okay. Whereas Mayim, that's not there, he requires it not even to be moist anymore. So that's why Chizkiah is saying, look, by Abba, Rabbi Abba B'Shem Rav, seems to be much more machmir by Meiragai. Okay? That's sort of, we jump right, then left, then back to right again in the two charts, the, the, the two charts at the top of the first page, if you're following along with the audio and looking at the, and the pictures. Okay. Let's, um, yes, good. Let's learn Salacha. Zav Shara Keri. Now, what we, what, what, this mission is a bit like we were sort of alluding to and explaining, like we saw by the brighter that, uh, previously, but, so, but here we're going to see in more detail. Now we deal with a Zav Shara Keri. So Azav is Tamer, and then he sees Keri, meaning now it's about Keri. So we're still back to talking about Takanat Ezra. So there's meaning that a Balkari can't learn Torah and the like. Or Nida, she's a Nida, and she's Paltazer, Shifatzer. So she had relations, became a Nida, and then she was Polet Shifatzer, she also come status of Balkari. Or Hameshameshet, or she had relations first, and Ra'a Nida, and then became a Nida. And then we'd say, so that's the same case, right? Then we say, Tzrichim. Tfila. They would still require tefillah. Now, what's a chirashia? That tefillah is going to do zero for the tumor they had. Right? It doesn't make a zav tahor. It doesn't make a nidah tahor because they've got a number of days to go. It's a, not, it's a extended to higher period. However, according to the Tatanakama, the Takanezra is so strong that since they've also had the issue of Sheikh Matzera, um, therefore we require them to toil in order to do, in order to learn, to, to learn Torah and Daven. Rabbi Yehuda, however, says he's patu. Now we're going to understand why Rabbi Yehuda says potter. Uh, simple understanding at the moment is that he doesn't require tefillah at all. Why doesn't he require tefillah? We're not. We're going to, the Gemara is going to address towards the end of the parak, which we're going to see today as well in Mitzvah. So the Gemara says as follows: Ad kedun, I can understand zam shira akiri. So if you look at this chart here, this is a direction. The first instance to make you happy, Rabbi Israel, we're going from right to left now. So zav here, he came as zav first. Then he saw Kerry, and what has that done? That is the fact he saw Kerry's Mosif something on top of him. It's Mosif something that's the Isodibre Torah. So that's why I understand, according to the Shita Tanakama, he requires Tfila. However, 
it's like a question. What if it's the other way around? If you've got to carry first, then he saw, then he became a Zav. He saw two or three, three, two or three emissions that were strange. Um, does he still require tefillah? Now, why is that? The way Rukhaim explains it here, he says, is that since the Tuma Shiatsata Mimeno, meaning the last Tuma is Ziva, and that's going to have zero effect from it, well, then how can it help you with the Tuma carry that preceded it? So maybe there the Chachamim would agree that it's not necessary to do the Tefillah, or not. Or maybe it is. Maybe the Kerry, the, 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 the we still need a, a Tefillah, even though it's going to be ineffective, Bizarre, just like in the first case, to allow him to learn Torah. So we say Nishmani Mahada. I can bring you a proof from this case. What's the next case? This is an explicit case. It's as follows Nishmani Mahada, Hameshameshet she had relations. Therefore, she had the issue of Takana Ezra. And then she saw Nida. That's exactly the same as the previous case. It's a parallel of Keri Shiraza. Meaning you've got the regular Tumah and then you've got the Tumah that's going to take many days. And in that case, it still says, according to Tanakama, or the Chachamim, it says, it's the Yisricha Tefillah, she requires Tefillah. However, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda's potter. We're going to understand Rabbi Yehuda in a minute. So you see quite clearly, Mefurash, watch, Mamina Tefillah Tefillah. You understand, according to the Chachamim, it doesn't make a difference which way around, if it's Zav, Zerah, Keri, or Keri, Zav, because of the case of Meshamesh, Zerah, Nida, we see clearly that their Chachamim require Tefillah nonetheless. So now we ask, Ma Tam de Rabbi Yehuda, what's a possible reason for Rabbi Shita Rabbi Yehuda? Now, there are two possible understandings. One is, is as follows. In other words, is his issue that um, uh, I, I put number one, two, one first rather than two, but it, it, you'll see why in a minute because that's the way the Gemara addresses them. One rationale is, since the tefillah can affect the make the person tower anyway, so therefore the therefore Takan Ezra doesn't apply in that situation. Okay. One understanding is since the tefillah doesn't work, that's why Rabbi Yehuda says, look, he doesn't need a toivah, he can learn Torah, he can, he can die. Or Mishum, maybe, it's she'en shem l'tuma kala etzel chamura. What that means is, since he's got a much more chamur tuma on top of him, he's a zav, then it almost overrides and washes out, if you like, the tumat keri, that it's, over, it's not even in the picture. Okay, so the two ways to understand, once again, Rabbi Yehuda says, why is it this Zav Keri doesn't need to fill up a Divrei Torah? One is because Tefillah is not going to help him anyway, so the Tukhanazah does apply. Or because Zav is so much more chamur, it's like there's no Tefillah Keri anyway. So it's not, not even the picture. <clears throat> so Manaf Benehu, what case can we learn it from? That's, that's Ra'a Keri. So, so in other words, that's Zav Shara'a Keri. Because why? Zav Shirakeri. Again, a Zav Shirakeri, you can say the Tvila could help because the Keri's Mosifti is Isodivre Torah. It says, in Tema Mamo'il, if you want to say the Sparah is because Mamo'il, what's it going to help? Mamo'il, Tobel, Mamo'il, Shu Tobel, then Tobel. Tobel, who? Sorry, Tobel, Mo'il, who? In this case, it will help him because it will leave the Isodivre Torah. So therefore, have a late time at the law, Mishum Sheen Sham Tumakala, it's not Tumakamura. So it must be from this first case, like we learn in our mission of Zab Sharah Keri, that the reason why he doesn't require it is not because, um, the, because, you know, because uh, Tvila is, isn't, isn't more ill, because it is more ill for the Fixal Divrei Torah. It must just be that the Ziva is so strong 
that the carry that came after it isn't even in the picture. So in other words, from the first case, from our mission, we learn that that um, that of ain't uh, kala etzel chamura. That we learn from the case of Zav Shara Kerry and our Mishnah. So we understand that's far number one. So let's just complete it. It says, That's only the case where Tumakala comes at the end. But maybe also, what about the case where you've got Tumakamurabasov? Meaning, like this case of the Kerry, Valkeri Shiraza. What would Rabbi Huda say there? And then we lean on the same proof we brought before for Chachamim. That's a case. This is again, she's effectively falls under the Takana Ezra, Shira'anida. That's Kala followed by Chamura. Sricha, Tvila. She requires Tvila. And even in that case, Rabbi Uda is Potter. In other words, from that case, we learn that the wise Potter, not because ain't Tvila Kala Etzel Chamura, because the Kala came first. The Tvila Kala came first, so it appeared, it's in the picture. So it must be that in the second case, it must be he holds the second svara of what is a mamo'il. What, in other words, since Tvila is not going to help the person become Taur, therefore it's unnecessary for the Valkyrie. So if the conclusion is, according to Rabbi Yehuda, this is where Rabbi Chaim explains it, that he holds both svarot. Rabbi Yehuda says in both cases of a Zav Shara Kera, Kera Shara Zav, Tvila is unnecessary. Because the Abshira Keri, why is it unnecessary? Because a minor tumor that follows a major tumor is not even in the picture. In the case of a Keri Shira Azab, where he was already a Baal Keri, the reason why he says it's unnecessary is because the tefillah is going to be ineffective. It doesn't help you for the, the most recent tumor, which is the, 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 this, the fact that he's a, he's a, a, a Zab, a Baal Zab. Okay? So, in other words, we learn from our Mishnah, we see here that there's actually two svar behind the Shittah for a Yehuda. In the Mishnah, where it says, Pator for a Zabshar, Kero, Kereshaz. Okay, with that, we say, Adran Alach Mishamet. I know I went halfway through tomorrow's stuff, but I wanted to get into the Perak and tomorrow's stuff. Well, tomorrow, not tomorrow's, it'll be Mitzvah Shem on Monday, because we've got Shabbos and Tishaba, but Monday's stuff will uh, we'll be doing, um, it's a longer stuff, so it balances out. Have a good Shabbos, everyone. What do we do, guys, um, um, next week? What, 